Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane, yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey y'all, my name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of You Need Therapy podcast. My name is Kat and I am the host. Quick reminder up top to all the listeners, the new ones and the old ones that this podcast is for more entertainment and educational purposes and does not serve as a replacement for therapy or a substitute for actual mental health services. I thought today would be a nice time where we could dive deeper into compassion, but more specifically self-compassion. These words are words we hear a lot and probably even use a lot. However, I often wonder if we really have been able to understand the fullness of what the words even mean. So we're going to talk about that today. What's interesting, at least to me, is that specifically self-compassion is something that has been highly researched, kind of like shame and vulnerability have with Brene Brown. Self-compassion has been deeply studied by Dr. Kristen Neff. And I think what she has found in her teachings are super important and can be highly, highly influential and helpful if we take a take the time to look into them. They don't have as much of the excitement, I guess, around them as some of the teachings that Brene Brown has done. And that's okay. But I just want this to be just as important because self-compassion is just as important as learning about shame and vulnerability. 
And Kristen Neff is really honestly a pioneer in the study of self-compassion. She's the first one to operationally define and measure it. And she did this 20 years ago. So it's time we are up with the research, you know, and she's actually been recognized as one of the world's most influential research psychologists. And it might feel like I'm introducing her to come on and talk to us, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about her research and some of the stuff that she has and some of her content. She has an, a website, selfcompassion.org, that if you are interested in more, you can find more about her. You can find more about the courses she offers and the writings and the research that she's done. But today we're going to start with the basics. She also has an awesome TED Talk, which is how I even found her. And after you listen to this episode, that might be something that you really want to sit down and watch. It's only like 20 minutes. And for me, it was is really helpful and a game changer um, in my personal life and in therapy life. So today I want to talk about learning how to struggle in sometimes an in-between state. And I can be having a hard time. I can be frustrated with something, honor that experience and not write that off, but also not take it too far. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by reading Kristen Neff's definition of self-compassion straight from her website. So these are her words, not mine at all. Having compassion for oneself is really no different than having compassion for others. Think about what the experience of compassion feels like. First, to have compassion for others, you must notice that they are suffering. If you ignore that homeless person on the street, you can't feel compassion for how difficult his experience is. Second, compassion involves feeling moved by others' suffering so that your heart responds to their pain. The word compassion literally means to suffer with. When this occurs, you feel warmth, caring, and the desire to help the suffering person in some way. Having compassion also means that you offer understanding and kindness to others when they fail or make mistakes rather than judging them harshly. Finally, when you feel compassion for another, rather than mere pity, it means that you realize that suffering, failure, and imperfection is a part of the shared human experience. There but for fortune go I. Self-compassion involves acting the same way towards yourself when you are having a difficult time, fail, or notice something you don't like about yourself. Instead of just ignoring your pain with a stiff upper lip mentality, you stop to tell yourself, this is really difficult right now. How can I comfort and care for myself in this moment? Instead of mercilessly judging and criticizing yourself for various inadequacies or shortcomings, self-compassion means you are kind and understanding when confronted with personal failings. <sighs> okay, so I love the part that says we cannot ignore our pain and feel compassion for it at the same time. Therefore, to treat ourselves like we would a good friend, we must acknowledge that we are hurting, which there lies a key to a lot of our healing. To heal, we must acknowledge. You cannot work through something, heal something, change something that you refuse to acknowledge. And think about it this way. If you were to ignore pain of a friend, hoping that it would just like go away, you wouldn't be being a very good friend. And most people aren't going to do that to others, but we so easily do it to ourselves. You don't generally look at your friends and say, oh, you messed up once, what a loser. You would say, hey, man, or woman, or whoever, you mess up once. I know that's really tough, and it doesn't change who you are. Also, oh my gosh, side note, I saw an Instagram post from Erin Lane, who was on the podcast to talk about her book, Someone Other Than a Mother, and the post was a picture of a little note that she was writing to one of her daughters, and it read, win or lose, we love watching you try. Trying is cool. And in the caption she wrote, when you write a note to your child and realize it's also a note to you. And this is the kind of note that I want to like write to all my friends and family. 
I've honestly never been a big sports girl. Growing up, I liked playing sports, but I've never really enjoyed watching sports, except if I knew somebody that was playing. If someone important to me was playing, then I would be literally like all over watching whatever game it was. And it wasn't just because I wanted to like go watch them win or go watch them be perfect. It was because I wanted to see them. I wanted to support them. I wanted to cheer them on. I wanted to be there for them. And I've been to countless games where the people that I went to go watch lost and countless games where the people that I went to go watch maybe had a bad game. And personally, this is how I was. I don't, I don't know if this is universal, but I didn't leave that event thinking, oh God, how embarrassing it is to be them. Like what a waste of my time. What a loser. I was like, oh, that sucks. I know they're disappointed. Like nobody wants to perform poorly and nobody wants to lose. But having off days is a part of life and it's a part of being human. And I remember one time, I don't know what game this was, but my older brother, both of my brothers were kickers for football. But my older brother specifically, I remember there was some game that he played and he didn't do well. And to be honest, I don't even remember like what happened or what it was that he didn't do like what point he missed or maybe he had a bad pun I don't know but I do remember him like locking himself in his room for like days and he didn't want to talk to anybody and I didn't get it because I was like okay you had a bad game that is awful like I do have empathy for that because I mean I know what it feels like to have bad game but personally I still want to be around you But I think for him, a bad game meant more than a bad game. There was no room for self-compassion there. There was no way to embrace being human as part of his identity as an athlete. And living that way forever can be debilitating and also like exhausting. And I think about sports psychology. I'm not a sports psychologist, obviously. But when you have that much pressure on you to always be perfect, you're bound to mess up. And then you're less likely to feel confident going out there and trying again. However, I really think self-compassion can help you embrace the feeling that, hey, I'm going to mess up and that doesn't mean that I can't do well again. I also think this is something to highlight, especially with this example, that self-compassion is not like self-pity. And and, um, Kristen says that in the definition, when you feel compassion for another person rather than pity, it means you realize that suffering, failure, and imperfection is part of the shared human experience. It's not about feeling bad for yourself. It's about acknowledging pain and hardship while knowing it isn't the wholeness of you. And I think that is very, very important to remember because I think people don't want to like, I don't want to be too soft on myself and I don't want to give myself too much leeway because then I won't whatever. And it's like, no, I don't want to like just wallow and self-compassion isn't any of those things at all. Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. 
Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Dr. Neff also breaks down self-compassion to three elements, which I want to share with you in order to get a real feel for what self-compassion entails. And hopefully that will help you actually bring this into a more regular practice within your life. So the first one is self-kindness for self-judgment. And I'm reading this also from her work. So this right here is, these are not my words. This is what she says. Self-compassion entails being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. Self-compassionate people recognize that being imperfect, failing, and experiencing life's difficulties is inevitable. So they tend to be gentle with themselves when they're confronted with painful experiences, rather than getting angry when life falls short of set ideals. People cannot always be or get exactly what they want. When this reality is denied or fought against, suffering increases in the form of stress, frustration, and self-criticism. When this reality is accepted with sympathy and kindness, greater emotional equality is experienced. And oh my God, I love the last part, so I'm going to read part of it again. I really want you guys to hear, people cannot always be or get exactly what they want. When this reality is denied or fought against, suffering increases in the form of stress, frustration, and self-criticism. Okay, accepting the reality of life. It's hard. When we accept the reality of life, we don't have to ask questions like, what's wrong with me? Because the reality is the thing that is in quotes wrong that might not actually be wrong with you is the same thing that's in quotes wrong with everybody. We just are human. So therefore we have imperfection and and we have shortcomings. And I see this a lot with dating. You go on a date, you think it's amazing, you can't wait to see the other person again or hear from them. Or even if like you don't think it's amazing, if you're just like whatever and you just want to see, you're like, I'll give them another chance, this can happen. But then if you, you do hear from them, it's not exactly what you expect, but the text you receive is, I think we would be better as friends. And then the cycle begins in your head. Or maybe it is that you don't even get any text and then the cycle also begins in your head. 
So when you accept the reality that the human experience is to not get everything you want, you don't have to go down the rabbit hole of all the things you did wrong during the day. When you fail to accept this, then you keep searching for answers that will help you understand the reason that this didn't work out. And it's exhausting because it's pain. It's painful to like not get what you want. It's painful to feel rejected. That's all pain. But what this does, rejecting reality, turns pain into suffering. And it's honestly really unnecessary. By not inviting self-compassion into our lives, we all put ourselves through unnecessary extra pain and suffering, period. Okay, so let's move on to number two. This is the second element of self-compassion, and it is common humanity versus isolation. So I'm going to read a little bit of what Kristen says about this on her website. Frustration at not having things exactly as we want is often accompanied by an irrational but pervasive sense of isolation, as if I were the only person suffering or making mistakes. All humans suffer. However, the very definition of being human means that one is mortal, vulnerable, and imperfect. Therefore, self-compassion involves recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy are part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through rather than being something that happens to me alone. Okay, and I know I might be being redundant, but I'm going to read this again too because I really want you to soak this part in and it's short, so... I want you to hear it again. Frustration at not having things exactly as we want is often accompanied by an irrational but pervasive sense of isolation, as if I were the only person suffering or making mistakes. All humans suffer. The very definition of being human means that one is mortal, vulnerable, and imperfect. Therefore, self-compassion involves recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy is part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through rather than being something that happens to me alone. The isolation, this is me talking cat, not uh, Kristen's words. The isolation in this is talking about how we often think we are like special in our pain. It's just us. Something is wrong with us because we fail. It's very much like I get the vibes from the same idea of terminal uniqueness that's often talked about in AA communities. And if you're not familiar with the term terminally unique, it's this false belief that your experiences with substance abuse are unlike any others. And often those struggling with addiction and people coming to terms with their addiction will tend to want to think that they are somehow different or unique from other addicts. And instead of recognizing like the similarities and their behaviors and identifying um, that they have a problem just like the other people that they are around in those spaces, these people will focus on the differences and then exaggerate them in their heads. And it's not helpful. It actually really can push them away from getting help and really can push them away from actually just like recognizing what it is that they need to work on. So when we invite self-compassion in, we actually recognize that we're not alone in the fact that we are not perfect. And my imperfection isn't worse than yours. It isn't better than yours. Without self-compassion, we can often play this like covert narcissism game where I'm like, the best worst, right? So the worst ever, so I'm the best at being bad. Like I'm the best at failing. I'm like, my personal failings are better in the sense that they're worse than other people's. And I hope this makes sense because I know I'm using a lot of like confusing, they're not confusing words, but when they put together, they're contradictory. But you know what I'm, I'm trying to say. Anyway, when we do this, it's almost like we're like, nobody can relate to how horrible I am. And it's just me and I'm this special bad one. And with a terminally unique kind of people, 
it's that same way, but it makes them like, oh no, your stuff is over there and my stuff's over here. We're not the same at all. When really like we heal through community, we heal through people, we heal through realizing that we're not alone in our pain and in our flaws. Imperfection is not a unique flaw in any of us. Disappointment is not a, a unique feeling in any of us. It's part of the human experience. And when we can bring that in, we can offer more care and kindness to ourselves. And that is, again, why this is what we're talking about. This is one of the key elements of self-compassion. So now we're going to move to number three, mindfulness versus over-identification. And again, this part is Kristen's words or Dr. Neff, I don't know what she prefers. I'll ask her if I ever meet her. But self-compassion also requires taking a balanced approach to our negative emotions so that feelings are neither suppressed nor exaggerated. This equilibrated stance stems from the process of relating personal experiences to those who are also suffering, thus putting our own situation into a larger perspective. It also stems from the willingness to observe our negative thoughts and emotions with openness and clarity so that they are held in mindful awareness. Mindfulness is a non-judgmental receptive mind state in which one observes thoughts and feelings as they are without trying to suppress or deny them. We cannot ignore our pain and feel compassion for it at the same time. At the same time, mindfulness requires that we not over-identify with thoughts and feelings so that we are caught up and swept away by negative reactivity. So also, I said this earlier as well, but what I often see in all areas in the therapy room, when it, literally when it comes to anything, is this continued desire to make everything in the world black and white. A constant, almost inherent feeling that there's this need to divide things so perfectly on two sides. We're all in, we're all out, we're all wrong, we're all right. It's go big or go home on all fronts. But allowing things to be gray, allowing things to be both, it's an actual game changer. We can feel our pain without becoming our pain. We can feel icky. We can feel those icky emotions while acknowledging that life isn't always horrible. So mindfulness, awareness allows us to like notice these things, but they don't become all encompassing. They're a part of us. And I I sometimes... This is me, my personal feelings. Like I, I get this like nervousness um, when we talk about sometimes like the gray area and like noticing that things aren't all encompassing. I'm not over identifying with all the negative in my life, just like I'm not over identifying with all the positive in my life. But when we talk about not over identifying with all the icky stuff in our lives, I get this fear that I'm going to get come at with people who are saying you're spreading toxic positivity. And that's not this at all. And I want you guys to really hear that. Like, it's okay to see silver lining sometimes. There's a way to do it. Toxic positivity uses a but. So with that, it's like, oh, that happened. But just look at the bright side. When what we're talking about is using an and. We're multidimensional. We're saying notice what you're feeling. Notice the parts that are hard. And also notice that that's not the wholeness of you. So there's an and. It's not but notice. It's and notice also. And my hope in sharing all of this today is that it can help you identify ways in which you can be better at being kinder to yourself, right? You're allowed to treat yourself like a good friend. And I really like how Kristen or Dr. Neff uses that language throughout her teachings. Like self-compassion is talking to yourself like you would talk to a good friend. The longest relationship with anyone that you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. So it only makes sense that you work on that relationship. It makes sense that you nurture that relationship that you would with any other relationship that you would want to thrive. So 
Thank you guys for listening this week. As always, if you have any questions, you can send them to Catherine at UnionTherapyPodcast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at cat.defada and at UnionTherapyPodcast. So I hope you guys have the day you need to have, and I will be back with you on Wednesday for Couch Talks. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.